Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. The story of Hawkers doesn't revolve around singular talent in the kitchen. And, you know, the goal of this restaurant was always to bring the experience of eating from a hawker stall in the streets of Asia. And thusly, four friends brought the concept to life in Orlando in 2011. And since then, they've been celebrating these recipes and flavors of generations past that are now still being enjoyed today. And now all the way here in Atlanta on the Beltline. And Caleb Harrell and Alan Lowe are two of the founding members of Hawkers, and we caught up a little earlier this summer so I could hear their story and how they've grown the restaurant concept over the years. So here they are. Well, this is cool. We're um, we're not in your restaurant proper, but... (laughs) We're joined by a series of walls that connect to Hawkers. So in some way, shape, or form, we're vicariously living through Hawkers right now. But uh, shout out to the James Room for the hospitality. Reluctant hospitality. They didn't really want to let us back here, but they were nice (laughs) enough to let us sit in this amazing booth. Absolutely. So I'm looking at a Brad Pitt pillow right now. This is like one of the first bars I've been in during the day that's really nice and smells good. And you're not day drinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're completely you're sober. Completely sober. You're actually right. Well, it doesn't have that bar smell. No, it smells great in here. Yeah, it doesn't smell like uh, Barkeeper's Friend or no. uh, chemicals or yeah, or booze or moldy or just beer, s- yeah. sour beer on the floor. Yeah. yeah, or someone forgot to you know clean the the back part of the the booth. But no, these are shiny. Well, we didn't check that yet. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get. I'll, I'll, I'll get out my kit and we'll we'll check it out. But um, Caleb Allen <laughs> from Hawkers. This is really cool. Welcome to Atlanta, first and foremost. You guys just opened here on the Beltline, and you're up here from Orlando, which is really cool. That's my hometown, so this is great. I've got a little bit of home here in in the ATL. It's really cool. So welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast, guys. How are you doing? Fantastic. You're like, I don't want to answer that. (laughs) I don't want to answer how I'm doing. This is actually coming back home for me. I I was uh, in Gwinnett County for a couple years uh, back in late 90s. Nice. Yeah, I went to Collins Hill High School. Right on. So So back then, was that, uh, did you guys want to be part of Atlanta? Or were you like, I don't live in Atlanta. I live in Gwinnett County. No, we wanted to be part of Atlanta. You know, (laughs) when I I lived here, I, I was younger, but I would still never step foot in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> back well, in the late say, 90s. well, back in the late nineties, this was a very different part of town. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we've, we've been here, um, just to, to see everything really change. And, you know, the fact that you guys have opened, uh, your, your restaurant up here at SPX alley on the Beltline, this is like, this is like the part of Atlanta that's got like that new car smell. Mm-hmm. It's everything is just like happening so fast. So oh, it's humming. Yeah. Yeah. Beltline's always busy. We were last night just to, we, you know, we just completed that exterior work. It looks nice, <laughs> and, by the way. Um, it looks really nice. Appreciate it. And it's, you know, it's for uh, everybody can see it, right? We're doing video. This is this video, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this has a camera on every yeah. side of it. Okay, so perfect. yeah. Uh, but since you can't see it, basically it's a, uh, like U shaped benches that are out on the exterior of the restaurant. And Elle and I were kind of sitting on the top of the bench last night, just having a beer as, as we were closing down the restaurant. 
and and talking about how cool the Beltline is and just yeah. how many people use it. It's it's well utilized. It's just uh, it's got this really cool vibe. Yeah, up and down it. Yeah. Now it's, you guys it, you guys have a really cool spot, and I, I definitely want to talk a lot more about the restaurant, what's happening here for you guys in Atlanta, the the brand in general. Um, but before we get to that, I'm going to get to know you guys just a little bit. So you guys get the first question that every single guest receives on the show. So uh, Caleb, we'll start with you, but tell me who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Wow, that's a great question. Um, can I give more than one answer? Chef you, you Boyardee. Can, yeah. So I grew, you, Chef Boyardee. You, can, not, you yeah. can even not answer the question. You can just say pass. I'm not going to do that. Okay, that's nice. I, I like talking too much. <laughs> um, so I grew up around food. Uh, my grandmother ran um, kind of the school system, the school board for Polk County in Florida. She ran the school board's uh, food program, their, their their lunch program. Oh, wow. Which this was kind of back in the day, back in the 60s, when they actually had really good food in the schools. And it right. was, you know, it was quality food. It was from scratch kitchens, things like that. Um, so her cooking kind of passed down to my father, and he did a lot of cooking in the house. Um, I'll, I'll say mom and dad both, really. Um, my dad did, you know, all the grilling, of course. He was a grill master, but he would also do a lot of, like, southern cooking. Like, anytime there was a gravy that needed to be made, anytime there was, um, you know, if we had chitlins or if we had uh, fried chicken gizzards or, like, just, just like, the soulless of food. Um, and that w- those were recipes that, you know, he grew up with uh, kind of in, in that central Florida area for four or five generations. Um, and then my mom's family is from the Midwest, so they had a completely different culinary background. And so she would make stuff like goulash or uh, there was this like tuna casserole thing, um, lots of pies, things like that. So, uh, yeah, I grew up I grew up around food. And I grew up with an appreciation for food. We always over seasoned everything, which is, I think, a good sign. Um, over seasoning goulash is not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, there was never a shortage of garlic in our house. I feel like every time my dad cooked, the, the house would like garlic for four days. So that was a. Uh, you know, it's a necessary ingredient for every dish. It didn't matter what, if it was like yeah. blueberry pie, it was going to have garlic in it. Um, Everything needs this permeating aroma, please. Ex- exactly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, um, that would, I'd say mom and dad both. That's cool. And you're a Florida native. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I was an Altamont guy. I grew up in the burbs of Orlando. I know I just told you that, but for everyone listening, this is a conversation <laughs> that we had 15 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> no, I have a, yeah, I have a, I have a really wonderful uh, soft spot in my heart for Florida for the good and the bad. So yeah. I still have family there, but, um, Alan, same question to you, man. Tell me who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Yeah, that's a great question. So both, um, everybody contributed. Mainly it was uh, my father is the, is the main cook. He's the chef. Um, also part of our story as well. You know, um, I grew up in restaurants. So my, my father and my mother ran the restaurants, ran the kitchen, and they were cooking your Americanized Chinese food. But what we would eat every day for a family meal, they would cook this very unique Asian food. And I've always, always been curious, why, why are we selling this Szechuan and Hunan and General Tso's chicken? Um, but we eat all this stuff and it's amazing. It's delicious. So, um, to answer your question, it's, it's, it's definitely my father first, my mother second, but you know, everybody pitched in. I had, uh, aunties and all my family's back in Malaysia and Thailand. So every time we go back there, um, they, our culture is all about food. So it's, it's, there's no hello. It's, did you eat yet? Are you hungry? (laughs) Every time they're shoving food in your face. So, you know, I got to contribute everybody for, um, or I guess give credit to everybody for, for cooking for me. But primarily, yes, my father um, was the chef and my, my mother was the, the little gnat on the shoulder. Yeah. (laughs) And you said you grew up in Gwinnett County. 
So that was home. I didn't grow up in Gwinnett oh, County. Grow I, grew up, in- I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I, I lived in Gwinnett for about two years. Oh, okay. Um, then moved to Orlando. Um, actually met my girlfriend then, my wife now, and I moved her back up here with me in about uh, 2001. Um, she's really close with her family and um, just, just missed them every night, and I felt bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, about 11 <laughs> months after we, uh, we moved up here, we moved back to uh, Orlando. Nice. Well, you're back now, yep. which is good. Absolutely. So you got a little part of home now here in Atlanta. <laughs> and then the, in the, the, the part of Atlanta that people now want to say is Atlanta, where they didn't want to live in Gwinnett, and they didn't want to consider this to be part of Atlanta. Now this is like the cool part of town. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, yeah, I live in Atlanta. It's like, you live 30 miles north of the city, but you can pretend that you live in Atlanta. It's okay. <laughs> but we're on the cool side. Um, so I know that there's a lot of, of the team, and I know that you guys are, are part of everything Hawkers. So tell me how, tell me how like, you guys came to, you know, how, how your paths merged. You know, how did, how did you guys come to start Hawkers back in the day? Uh, it's a really long story, uh, but I'll try to condense it down. So really in a nutshell, this is four friends that got together and said, Hey, let's start something cool that we would like to go to. Let's start a restaurant that we would want to go to that we would enjoy. And kind of the genesis of this was, um, it was, it was really the formation of two friendships. And it was, I, one of our, our partners, Wayne was really my best friend growing up. I mean, we were, I've been basically in his family, a part of his family since we were 13, 14 years old. Um, I grew up eating chicken's feet at his house. He would come to my house and eat pot roast, um, and the grass was always greener. I was like, oh, man, your mom's food's great. And he's like, no, your mom's food's great. Um, so anyways, <laughs> uh, we, we were best man at each other's weddings. We were fraternity brothers. We have fist fought each other just like brothers do. And, um, and at the same time, Ken and Alan were really close, and uh, he can talk more about their relationship. But the, the guts of it is that um, Alan started dating Kay, the woman that he spoke about thankfully it's the same one and because uh, <laughs> that'd be weird if it wasn't it'd be real awkward um and uh Kay is wayne's cousin so there's this oh, right kind on. of cool like family connection and um when he started dating Kay, i was you know wayne was like my brother and asian families of course of course are really close and so Kay was like Kay was like wayne's brother it was, it was his cousin but kind of like, or his sister rather and it was kind of like his sister and so it was kind of like alan was trying to date my sister so that was how like the whole relationship here, here started. Comes the name calling, <laughs> and we thought, "What a scumbag this guy is!" <laughs> it it kind of seems like you guys have like the the kids and Stranger Things. Like that was like part of your story. It's like you're all friends, but like who's dating who, and like who's who's now like girlfriends, and like, yep. but we're all still friends, but we're all going to do stuff together. And totally, yeah, totally. So maybe that's a really bad analogy. Oh. I was watching Stranger Things last night, and so good. Yeah, it so is. Good. It I is watched really it on nice. the plane ride. Nice. Um, <laughs> anyway, so these two friendships kind of formed. It was, and and so all four of us had a both we all had this affinity for travel we had this affinity for adventure of life we all kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit we were all running businesses before this that were completely separate from the restaurant industry um and uh as we were travel we would always come back to orlando and this was in the mid the mid 2000s um and we would just say man like why why is the food so bad here and granted there were some really great chefs so i don't want to take any i don't want to discredit the few really great chefs that were there but by and large, it was like the home of the chains, right? It For was, sure. It was like, how many times can I go to Olive Garden and Red Lobster, right? Totally. <clears throat> um, shout out to Olive Garden and Red Lobster. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> trademark Chipotle, Chipotle on 436. Thank you very much. There you go. For my T1 entire class. childhood. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so we would come back and be like, man, this is, I'm so sad. Like, why, why can't we get great food like we can in New York or Hong Kong or L.A. or Chicago or all these places that we would travel and find great food? Um, 
and uh, one thing led to the next, and, and we had some, there's a long story on how we got some of these generational recipes. We started having these Thanksgiving potlucks, and this is all before the restaurant. Um, and during these potlucks, everybody would bring 20, 30 bucks to the table, throw it in the middle of a hat, bring your favorite dish, and whoever got voted the best dish would win the money. And of course, the first year it was, this pot was small, and it slowly grew over time to where year two, year three, uh, family members started coming out of the woodworks because this pot is like a thousand dollars. So I got I want to win a thousand dollars on Thanksgiving, and uh, one thing led to the next, and we had you know Wayne's auntie and and Alan's grandma and all these people started bringing these really cool recipes out of the woodworks, and about half of our recipes were generated during that time frame. So I would say roughly, would you say half of our recipes are family recipes? Yeah, and the other half are derived from our travels. So the other half of them are um, you know we we've been to Korea, we've been to Singapore, we've been to Thailand, and we try to get the best street foods we can find. And then either uh, sometimes we just ask the guys, the, the hawker stall guys, like, hey, can, can you give us the recipe? And once in a while, they'll give it to us. Usually they won't. Um, and so then it's just hmm. a matter of uh, reverse engineering and figuring out how we can make it as, as, as close as possible. But but yeah, and then uh, in 2010, 2010, yeah. um, all this kind of converges into a moment where Alan, Alan was in real estate at the time. He owned a real estate and mortgage company, and he was driving by uh, a Mills, Mills Avenue location in Orlando and knew that there was some opportunities there, that there was a restaurant that was failing that was going down. <clears throat> and uh, he called Wayne and I at the time, or maybe I think you'd already gotten Ken on board, right? Yeah. And called Wayne and I and said, hey, guys, we've kind of joked about it, but um, I, what do you think about starting this restaurant? And you said I'm allowed to curse, right? Of course. And I was like, fuck no. That sounds like a horrible idea. Mills Avenue. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mills yeah. Avenue back in 2010. Right. And now, well, I was going to say now it's just beautiful. But yeah. yeah, when I used to go to like Will's Pub, it was, my parents were, they, they were scared for my life. They're like, you're going to Mills Avenue? Why? I was like, there's a concert there. Don't worry. And uh, it, yeah, it, there was nothing there that was um, pretty and attractive like it was never a place that people wanted to hang out during the day you know it's like all the debauchery happens at night like Mm -hmm. this is why mills avenue is here you know exactly (laughs) and that was totally different yeah not only that but it was um for me it was do i really want to go into the restaurant industry i mean this is i have clients that are restaurant clients i know how hard this business is yeah my family's been in the restaurant industry all all of our families had um there's even more so than mine and um, I was like, this sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> I do not want to get in the restaurant business. And uh, Alan, uh, I always kind of jokingly say that Alan's salesmanship really was, was the clincher for be, the, the genesis of this restaurant, uh, of this concept, because he's like, you know what, man, you're going to be a part of it anyways. You're going to be helping me out because you're my boys anyways. Just throw a few bucks in and you'll never lift a finger. And uh, now you're doing a podcast in Atlanta. <laughs> Damn you, Alan. I was, I was one week into it and he was on the kitchen line. <laughs> Good really for got you. Me. Good got for me you. Good. Oh man. So, so you guys get to the point where you actually, you, you actually have a space for the restaurant. So what did you guys have the name initially? Was it always going to be Hawkers? No, we knew, um, we knew what we wanted to do. We didn't exactly have a name for it. Uh, I tossed a couple out there, um, you know, and getting into Caleb and Wayne's background, a little bit. they were running a branding and marketing company. So I was, I was committed to the restaurant. Me and my other buddy, Ken or our other business partner, Ken, um, we're already at the negotiating table, you know, talking about uh, um, uh, assuming this lease from the, the last tenants that, that were failing. And uh, we were pretty much committed. And that's when I looked at them and said, look, if you guys don't c- come and join us and join all this fun, you're going to be doing free work for me. Because 
for fun. boys. Fun for boys, yeah, right? I need right. I need a logo. I need a brand, right? I need so uh, menus, all this kind of stuff, and um, you know, and somehow um, they agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, so then that's um, that's that, that's how it started, and. Uh, what was I talking about? I'm sorry, I blanked out. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got James Roots, James Room Security walking by, so we're trying to trying to keep, keep it, it down a little keep, bit. Trying to keep keep it quiet. Yeah, <laughs> whisper the last part of the, the the interview here. But so so you guys actually opened the restaurant. So I mean, tell tell me like how you guys actually landed on hawkers and what does that actually mean? You kind of alluded that to that a little bit, Caleb. Yeah. But you know, tell me a little bit about the inspiration of the name and then like kind of the concept and the brand that you guys developed. Yeah, so um, originally we uh, we had we'd thrown around different names, and we kind of knew that it was going to be based on we knew that it was going to be based on these family recipes, and we were trying to find a commonality between all these recipes, and we were trying to figure out what what encapsulates this. We don't just want it to be another pan Asian restaurant, right? Like, oh, we're just going to pick a bunch of Asian recipes and throw them on a menu. That was just seemed very bland, and it wasn't. And for me as a branding guy, that wasn't complete enough. And, um, and so as we did our research and we really thought about like, well, where do we get all these recipes? And it was street food. And when you go to, if you travel to Asia, the best food in Asia is on the street. Have you been to Asia or no? I have not. I cannot wait to go. go. Um, best food is on the streets in these hawker stalls. That's where the name hawker comes from. So if you go there, uh, there's hawker centers. So there, these hawker centers are basically like, if you think about Atlanta food and wine festival, that's kind of like kind of like what a hawker center looks like yeah. it's all these stalls of course they're permanent stalls not tents um although they're not much more than tents and each one specializes in one or two dishes they go to the market every morning they get these ingredients that, from the market that are indigenous to that area whatever ingredients are available or what they're using so i mean the dishes are very specific to the region of to the country or to the region or to the the climate <clears throat> and then they go to their stall and they start selling at you know 10 a.m or whatever it might be or some of them are earlier some of them are later some of them are late night stalls um, and they sell until they, until they run out of food at the end of the day. And when they run out of food, that's it. And the best ones, these hawker, these, these hawker vendors or hawkers um, get like lines. I mean, we're talking, think about the most popular restaurant you've ever been to and then double that line. And that's how long these lines are. Yeah. And it's in, and you're in, and you're in line for a uh, dollar 50 noodle dish, right? Or, you know, sometimes yeah. it's even less than that. The you know, equivalent dollar is probably like equivalent 50 to the cents. U.S. dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, and so we kind of looked back on our experiences of um, what is it? What is authentic Asian food look like and how can we translate that? And what are what is the average American missing when they think about Asian cuisine? <clears throat> and this isn't to downplay anything about the, the you know, what Asian cuisine is looks like before, because there's certainly um, different interpretations of it. But I think what we were going for was was a heavy dose of authenticity and really kind of experiential. We wanted this to be somewhere that was more than just really great recipes. And it was the, the vision from the get go was more about um, making you feel like you're traveling to Asia for that hour and a half. But without uh, without all the sanitation problems and the 20 hour flight with six layovers. Sure. Right? <laughs> um, so that was kind of the vision. And really it wasn't until the last few locations that we've been able to really complete that with everything is kind of starting to meld together. We got the plating that really feels authentic. Now we've got obviously the food. It hasn't, hasn't really, um, I'll say that the, um, inspiration of the food hasn't changed at all, but it's certainly been tailored and refined over time. Recipes have been refined. The interiors of the spaces now finally represent what you would feel on the streets of Asia. You've got the bright neons in your face. Yeah. You've got, 
the open kitchen. So you're hearing the walk clanging. So you've got kind of like sensory overload. And if um, there's, what's the movie? Um, the one where they're, they travel to Asia, rich, crazy rich Asians. Oh uh, yeah. 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 There's a scene in there where they land. <clears throat> and the first thing they say is um, they land in Singapore. And the first thing they say is, have you eaten yet? Oh, well, you know, you got to be hungry after that flight. Let's go. First thing they do when they get to Singapore is they go to a hawker center. And th- that scene is actually really indicative. It's, it's a true representation of what it's like. Mm-hmm. And it is absolute sensory overload. The smells, the sights, the sounds. Obviously, there's completely different flavors, bold flavors, like flavors that um, my first experience I'd never had before. Yeah. And there's this real excitement on the, the guy's face that's bringing his, uh, then I think it's his girlfriend to this, to this hawker center for the first time. There's this excitement from him of, I want to share this, this with you. I want to share this secret with you. And it was funny because when I watched that, I thought about the first time I went with Alan to a hawker center and it was that same feeling. Alan's like, it's like, he's like bringing me into the fold now. Like, this is what it's like. Like this is hawker culture. Yeah. And until you've really experienced it, you just can't even comprehend like how, um, how special it is, I guess. Yeah. And since 2010, you guys have actually expanded to a lot of other cities outside of Orlando. Because you actually the only hawkers that I've ever been to is the one on Mills. Mm-hmm. And it was a long time ago. So this probably was back in 2000. Man, if I can 11. recall, yeah, 2011, 2012, maybe, um, if I recall. And um, But when I saw you guys opening here on the Beltline, I was like, that's cool. But then as you guys started getting a lot more of the the decor in place and the lighting, I was like, that's a lot. I, I, I didn't really remember a lot of the every surface has detail. And it was um, it definitely stuck out. And I think as you guys have completed the patio, too, like you guys, your guys brand has come a long way from what I remember, at least. Um, I, I remember the food. So that's what I really want to talk about next is like, tell me about the, the menu, because I remember everything that you guys you know, alluded to the story. Everything does have um, some story tied to it. So, Alan, talk to me about that. Well, so generational recipes, you know, and um, I was actually born in Malaysia. Um, I came over as a, as a young kid, but all my family's still back there. I visit often. Um, it's awesome. We're in Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand. Um, and, and, and before when I was talking about how I grew up in the restaurant business and my parents would be slanging the orange chicken and, and, and pepper steak, um, our family meals always consist of this type of food. We were eating charcoal tails and curry laksas and prawn mies for family meal. But then we would flip, flip the, the, you know, the spread and, and, and sell all this other food that we wouldn't eat. Um, so that's when it kind of dawned on me. It's like, why is, why is this? Why are we eating this food? Why is it so delicious? And the entire staff and everyone in the building loves it. Um, but my parents at the time were, were too intimidated or too scared to sell it. They didn't think America was ready for those bold flavors and that type of food. Well, when it came our turn, I said, fuck it. I, the food's great, you know, and um, yeah. let's give it a shot. And I had my my mom kind of in my ear and saying, all right, well, I guess if you're going to try to sell this food, good luck. But I really think you should have a General Souls chicken on your menu because that's the top seller. And right. we're like, no, man, no, we're going to keep it keep it real. You know, we're going to we're the brand is Hawkers, Asian Street Fair. You're not finding General Souls chicken in the streets of Asia. I'm not we're not going to sell it. Yeah, that's it. You know, and um, well, since then. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the latest menu. We decided to call out some of these recipes and who shared the recipes with us. So yeah. Like my grandma's, you know, Paul Paul Lowe's curry. That's what I called my grandma's, Paul Paul. Yee Yee's dumplings. That's, um, Yee Yee stands for aunt in Cantonese. Oh, gotcha. Um, 
So we started giving giving these shout outs in the menu, and now my Facebook Messenger is blowing up with recipes. Oh, Everybody so cool. wants a piece of the menu. That's awesome. You know, so um, um, I'm lucky enough. I'm 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 the brand chef, so I get uh, I, we have a, a nice office uh, in Orlando with a test kitchen. So every six months, I get to change ten percent of the menu. That's so uh, cool. It's about six or seven dishes every every six months, and um, I get to take these recipes and I get to try to see if I can source the, the high quality ingredients to create these recipes, to create these dishes. Sure. Um, and sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, you know, or sometimes you kind of have to just find the best that you can. And maybe it's not a hundred percent like the streets of Asia, but we can get it to like 80 or 90%. Um, and that's what we do. And we actually just kind of sit down and, you know, to, to, to put six or seven dishes on a menu change, we're really rolling out with 20. Yeah. And we sit down at a table and these dishes start rolling out. And again, we go through the process and we, we taste test and uh, we think about logistics also is, uh, yeah. can I, can I teach uh, the staff how to make this stuff? And yeah, and, and, cooking a walk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are some of the challenges we faced. Yeah. Um, some dangerous shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> are well, you ready for this? Are you we, sure? <laughs> fortunately for us, you know, it's, it's taken quite a while, but we've got a great team in place. Um, We've got a great training program and cool. we can get someone anybody kind of off 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 um you know from chick-fil-a or from anywhere and get them behind our line and you give yeah. me four weeks five four to six weeks i get them cooking on the walk yeah but you guys um, mentioned something that i remember you know from orlando is you, you talk about the introduction of of flavor diversity in flavor new flavors that, i mean i don't know the first time that i had lemongrass like i can't mm-hmm. remember that from my childhood it definitely wasn't at a place in orlando mm-hmm. you know it was probably long after and you guys did a lot to 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 really drive something that's more menu forward in it's um I mean it is an experience, but the experiential side of what you guys have is not nearly as as forward as the the menu and that's mm-hmm. the most memorable part of the brand, at least as far as I've experienced it. I remember eating there with people and you know, we talk about sourcing the ingredients, you know, here in Atlanta, I mean you talk about the the cultures that we that we have an opportunity to experience through cuisine, through the culinary world. It's incredible. And um but it it is really neat to see that. Um, you know, Malaysian, Cantonese, like the, 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 that style of cuisine matched with the approachability and just the, the irreverence of what you guys have introduced with your brand. Like, um, it's really exciting. It's really cool mm-hmm. to see. And, um, especially here on the, on the belt line, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a really interesting first, uh, foray into Atlanta for you guys. And especially with, I mean, again, you talk about everything being brand new. Um, I don't know that there's a more, you know, brand new spot that you guys could have chosen here in Atlanta. So oh, yeah. it's really cool. Agreed. You know, this, this type of food you've, it, it's been around. Um, it, it, it's never been kind of hand selected and all put on one menu. This, these are our favorites. These are our all-star dishes, right? Yeah. What we love to eat and what we will go to different restaurants. And this is the stuff we would order, but yeah. this food's been around and here in, in Buford highway, right? You can yeah, go there and, totally. and in order for you to get everything on our menu, you might have to go to 20 restaurants. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been around, I think, we, we made it approachable. We keep it authentic. For we sure. make it approachable. Yeah. And, you know, and authenticity is, a, is that buzzword, right? Everybody yeah. wants authentic, authentic. And, um, you know, our definition of authentic is it's, it's really just what's, what's authentic to your experience. Yeah. Um, even when I go back to Malaysia and I'll go and I'll ask my cousins, I say, hey, I'm, I want a charquetel, man. Where's the best charquetel right now? And I have 
you know, tons of cousins, and uh, five of them will, will point me in five different directions. Yeah. You want the best charcuterie? You go to Penang because they use the, the the blood clam in theirs, and you really want that flavor in there. And then another guy said, "No, you want to go over here? They use lap chong in theirs, which you know the renderings really help uh, yeah. the flavors and the aromas of charcuterie." So, does the authentic charcuterie have blood clams or? Lap chiang, you know, yeah, or the Chinese yeah. sausage. So it's really, it's what's authentic to your experience. So everything um, that's on our menu is is truly authentic to our experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. so cool. Um, well, with like the the last minute here, guys, um, just really excited uh, for you guys to be open now. And I know that that it's just kind of like getting some steam. So um, what's kind of like in the next you know couple months throughout the summer? Like, give me like the quick snapshot of what's going on here on the Beltline for Hawkers. Sure. So, I mean, we're just getting, just getting open really. I mean, it's uh, it, we kind of go through a soft opening period. Yeah. We, we had to, the, the belt line was great to work with, but also took some time. And so yeah. it took us a little while, a little while to really finish the out the exterior of the space. So yeah. I would say within the next week or two, we're going to really officially kind of be done and be able to really start promoting ourselves and saying, Hey, we're open. Um, but we're certainly uh, been, I mean, we've been busy out the gate, so it's, yeah. we call it a soft opening, but um, the staff doesn't think there's anything soft about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just excited to see, we're excited. What I'm, what I'm really excited for is for this exterior to get activated we've got some umbrellas coming in next week. Nice. And, um, I'm most excited for when the weather starts to turn just a sure. bit, you know, probably around September. Yeah. And that's when I, I think the belt line just gets, uh, it just gets totally. wild because everybody wants to be outside oh, right? Yeah. that first weekend that it cools down a little bit. So yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah. Well, super excited to have you guys here in Atlanta, Caleb Allen. It's great to have you guys here and thanks for sharing your story um and i can't wait to i think we're probably going over there tonight so nice. that'd be great awesome man. yeah excited <laughs> right. to have you thanks for being on thanks, the show ben. guys appreciate it appreciate it many thanks to alan and caleb for joining me for this episode and hawkers is open now at the spx development down on the Beltline, and it's just across from krog and right next to nina and raffi and the rest of the gang and if you want to learn more definitely head to the restaurant or head to eathawkers.com This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. All of the information is available on our website at atlfoodcast.com. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry, 